Welcome to the Work Research Revolution. I'm your host, Cara DeLunger. In this podcast, I speak to doctors, scientists, professors, and business leaders who are at the leading edge of this work research revolution and radically changing the way we work. We will be harnessing their collective insight so that we can create the catalyst that drives much needed change in the future of work around the world. Work Reset Revolution is brought to you by Softer Success. Visit www.softersuccess.com to learn how you can revolutionize your well-being plan and help eradicate burnout in your organization. So let's get to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Work Research Revolution. Today, I am with Daniela Hellebrandt, who is a neuroscientist and also the founder at Better Brains at Work. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you, Cara. Thank you for having me. Very excited to have you. So really interested to hear about your work in neuroscience. So I wanted to ask you the first question, which is, Much of your expertise is in neuroscience and specifically how work stress affects the brain. Could you explain to our listeners what you've discovered about this relationship? Well, Cara, you know, people nowadays are thinking for a living. We are knowledge workers and it's the brain that's doing the thinking. You know, if we assume that everyone will increasingly become knowledge workers, then the thinking part of our brain will gain more and more importance. And what we know now, and that is very important, is that the rational is overrated and that our social needs are so, so strong because we think we are cognitive rational beings who on occasion feel. But we know now that the truth is we are emotional beings that on occasion think. So emotions play such a huge role. And if we do not pay attention to our emotions and to the things our social brain needs, it takes a huge, huge toll on our capacity to think. And, you know, I think you wrote about that also in your book. Emotions are cycles in our body that are neurological events. So it takes place in our whole body from the top of our head to the tip of our toes. And just about every system in our body responds to the chemical and electrical cascade activated by emotions. So it activates everything. And our bodies speak to us all the time. You know, the body keeps the score. And emotions we don't deal with, we shove it kind of up in our organs. And we also have to digest emotions. And our bodies are designed to deal with stress, especially short-term stress. But nowadays, we have to deal with chronic stress that can last for days or weeks or months or even years. And that does not only make us ill, we also see a decline in our capacity to think properly. So when we have too much stress, and also if we do too much multitasking, our I can drop 10 to 15 points, and that is a lot. You know, it's like drinking a few beers or smoking a joint, as we are both from the Netherlands, you know, let's bring in the cliche about our <laughs> Dutchies. <laughs> so, you know, the brain is a social organ, and that means we are all born to connect, and we cannot expect the best results if we see people just as human resources. So no matter the advances in technology, we will not replace that which definitely makes us human. That is like creativity and soft skills are becoming all the more important to our careers. 
because that cannot be automated. You know, and one of the most interesting findings from neuroscience is that there is kind of a dual reaction. Everything that we see, hear, smell, taste, feel, the brain decides all the time, is it good for you or is it bad for you? It wants to minimize danger and maximize rewards. And that is the organizing principle of the brain. And we used to work with carrots and sticks and other external rewards because we think that is the thing that motivates people. But the biggest threats and rewards are social. So our biggest threat is social and our biggest reward is social. And our brain is monitoring that all the time. And we spend so much time on the hard side side of our work. You know, we develop content and products, etc., etc. But how much time and effort do we actually invest in relational skills at work? You know, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned in my past 53 years of life and corporate job and studies is empathy almost always wins over efficiency. You know, anything that costs you your peace is too expensive. And to be honest, I had to learn that the hard way. So we have so much moonshots. We prepare the future for transport and cybersecurity and health. We fly to the moon, but we don't have a plan for the future of relationships. And we have to think about that. And they're of stigmatized as soft skills and are sometimes considered feminine. But they are power skills, they are important skills, real skills. So we need these soft skills. And that's why I think the name of your book, you know, Softer Success, it eases my nervous system, you know, <laughs> speaking out that word. So, yeah, I think that's one of the most important findings. And our neurons have an also an own metabolism. They need oxygen and glucose. And if we have too much stress or too much multitasking, they get depleted, they get tired, and we can't think properly. So what do we need? We all need to be seen and heard. And we are all interconnected. We are human beings yes. and not just human doings. Yeah. But we have no idea of the power of noticing another human being and what it feels like when someone sees us, you know, truly sees us. And I think we should all walk each other home. I love Our that story concept. is one of we and not one of we. And belonging isn't just a social issue. It's a brain health issue. Yeah. So that's really interesting. I found it interesting what you said about our bodies keep a score and also that our cue from too much stress and multitasking, our IQ drops. Yeah. So looking at our work, if we're multitasking too much and we're highly stressed, it's going to really affect it. The yeah. things like memory loss come in there as well. And yeah. 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 so that brings me sort of to the next question. So what do you think are the most important issues that are affecting the modern day workplace at the moment? You know, companies are a place where the work has to be done, but they also should be a place of humanity. So, mm. you know, treat people like responsible adults. You know, we raise children, we rent or buy houses, we buy cars. So treat them like that also in the work environment. And I think our culture has already changed to a kind of an identity economy before COVID-19. We no longer see our jobs just as a source of income, 
just to put the food on the table, but also as a source of fulfillment and purpose and meaning in community. And, you know, in a world that has become impersonal and fast-paced, it's all too easy to neglect the most of human skills, that of creativity, empathy, and relationships with others. And, you know, in an age we cite as the fourth industrial revolution, soft skills, again, I don't know why they are called soft, because they are power skills. Yeah, I like power that, skills. power skills, power skills. Ah, power <laughs> skills, they are highly sought after and will continue to be in the future, you know. And with the rapid evolution of technology, a focus on just technical skills leaves people vulnerable to change, you know, as they often have a very much shorter shelf life. So that is why it's so important to understand emotions, using empathy and building relationships. And, you know, fMRI scans, and there we can see that 14 regions of the brain respond when thinking of a resonant way of working together, while only six regions respond when thinking of a dissonant way of working together. So in fact, mm -hmm. 11 regions are deactivated when thinking of a dissonant way of working together and when we have dissonant leaders. You know, resonant leadership styles help us to build trust and the release of oxytocin, the bonding hormones. And so we can work together well and bond with other people. And you know, a calm mind when we have psychological safety will always bring a better outcome. So silence isn't empty. It's full of answers, I think. Mm, so finding that time to be calm. So we do know that, that that's very important, not doing too many things. And the other things that are affecting the workplace, you'd say, is that people are they're doing too much and they're just behaving a bit like, you know, or being, being treated sometimes like robots. Yeah. <laughs> I've read that yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. So, and that doesn't do us any good. I know you know the numbers. I thought I think you wrote about them in your book. Are so many people suffer from mental illnesses or mental problems, I have burnout. So there is something we're not doing that good. So I think the answer lies in the human connection mm. in our private lives and in our work lives. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one in five, the World Health Organization predicts that one in five okay. people could be at risk of burnout at one point in their lives. Yeah. And, you know, that's growing and they've seen a, you know, rapid risk increase with the pandemic. So it's so important to start, yeah. Yeah. you know, implementing different changes at work and changing the way we work and focusing oh, yes. more on the people than the profit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So... Do you have any ideas maybe related to work stress and looking after our cognition for how we can solve this? So in other words, what does a work reset revolution look like to you? And we need a work reset revolution, Cara, desperately. You know, if we look at the results from the Gallup study, it clearly shows that there is a strong correlation between employee engagement and business performance. And moreover, the results provide to be very consistent across different organizations from different industry and regions in the world. So there is compelling evidence that organizations that focus on creating engaging workplaces ensure that they thrive. You know, and more and more organizations are beginning to understand this and trying to follow in the footsteps, so to speak, of pioneers by creating more brain-wise workplaces in their organization. 
And it's about designing workplaces that can meet the intrinsic needs of people. So again, focusing purely on technical skills makes employees vulnerable to change. Uh, we must unlearn and relearn technical skills quickly and human skills, you know, they remain throughout life. And, you know, one thing, when people come to work, they show up kind of with two resumes, an official competence resume, but more important with a kind of unofficial relationship resume, our relationship heritage, so to speak. And the letter contains a lot, a lot of information about how we have lived and worked with other people throughout our lives. You know, whether we have an emphasis on self-reliance or interdependence or loyalty, so people bring to work a lot of hidden stories of their past relationships. And those mainly invisible forces that are brought to work influence our work so much. And, you know, there is this universal hidden language that is called trust. When we distrust, we activate our fear network and that locks all doors to the part of the brain that we need to think with and feel empathy. And so when we feel safe, the brain opens up and only then we are able to listen and to connect and to prime conversations for mutual success. And kindness creates this field of power. And you know, the trust level on a team is a far better indicator and predictor of results than the individual performance metrics of team members, which are only numeric representations of the good and bad energy that's swirling around us. So it is so crucial, so crucial to create safe work environments, you know, where you can share failures and mistakes. And we can only be innovative and successful when we can learn from failures and roadblocks. And we talk so much about KPIs, key performance indicators. Indicators. We have to speak also about keep people involved as KPIs. You know, I would always hire for DNA instead of MBA. But we still have this deep cultural intuition that nice guys finish last, but nothing could be further from the truth, you know. And let us think of the mind's eye as a kind of a flashlight, and that flashlight can search for something positive or negative. And we can of control that flashlight a little bit, and let's look for the positive world. And I am always, the older I get, the more happy I am when I meet people who are also aware of this deeper sense of purpose, who are also looking for companies and jobs that serves life. And, you know, in our heart and souls, we know that. We know that. And when the time is ripe for certain things, I think these things appear in different places. There is this consciousness and awareness on the planet. And more and more companies think not only about their... ROI, the return on investment, but also more and more about your ROS, the return on society. And I think we have to think about which footprint we want to leave because, yes, as a mother, I think we owe it to future generations, but I think we also owe it to ourselves. You That's know, when science confirms what we know, we know in our hearts. 
Absolutely. I really love that. And yes, moving away from return on investment to return on society. And that's something we talk a lot about after success as well, the return on people culture, basically, because our people are our most important asset in businesses. (laughs) And one thing I wanted to ask you is you also talked about you would hire more on DNA than MBA. Could you explain that a little bit more? You know, I am more and more looking not just to the competences and the hard skills on a CV. I'm more and more interesting in the other side, you know, in the relationships resume you show me and that you bring to the work because we're all intelligent people. You know, you wouldn't get a certain job if you didn't have the IQ and the competences. And we can learn a lot. But what is more difficult to work with and to learn is the growth mindset of people, the way they relate to other people. And that is so important. And uh, maybe a last thing, if I may Mm -hmm. share with you. One of my profs worked on a very big study. It's called the Grand Study. Harvard did the 80-year, maybe you know it, an 80-year study on happiness. And it's the only longitudinal study. And there's a wonderful TED talk about that 80-year-old study on people and happiness. And there is a TED talk given by Robert Waldringer, and it's called What Makes a Good Life? And, you know, the most important thing you can give yourself is time and reflecting. So, dear listeners, if you have the time, watch this 60 minutes TED talk. And what you hear Robert Waldringer say As I said, they followed people 80 years and on their deathbed, they asked, what if you reflect back, can you share with us what made that your life was a good life? And you hear Robert Waldinger say in that TED talk, three things make a good life. The first, relationships. The second, relationships. And the third, relationships. So that means the quality of our relationships determine the quality of our lives. And it is equally so that the quality of our relationships at work determine our fulfillment and our success at work. Mm, That's so important. I love that. And relationships, relationships, relationships. (laughs) So thank you so much, Danielle. This has been enlightening. I've really enjoyed speaking with you and thank you for sharing all your wonderful knowledge. And thank you so much. Thank you for, for joining today. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Work Reset Revolution. I'd like to know what has been your biggest takeaway from this conversation. As a next step, share this episode with anyone that you think may benefit. Follow us on LinkedIn at Softer Success for more inspiration to change the way we work and contact us at info at to find out more about our burnout assessment tool. If you have any feedback on how to improve, please do reach out to me as I'm always keen to learn more. Thank you so much for listening and we'll meet again on the next episode of Work Reset Revolution. Oh,